I really don't think you need to hit rock bottom to realize it's time to make a change. I really, I really don't think that there has to be tragedy or devastation in your life to put life into perspective. So if you're thinking right now, you know, I've been needing to make a change and I'll wait until, or it'll only, when I, when it gets really bad, then I'll know, I'd love you to listen to this episode because you're so much more powerful than you give yourself credit for. Welcome to the Business of Happiness podcast. It's your host, Dr. Taryn McCarthy, and this is the podcast where we put happiness first. I help high-achieving, deeply passionate healthcare professionals like you rediscover their happiness and their freedom. Join me in conversations with experts to uncover our unique definition of happiness and answer the question, is there really such a thing as work-life balance? (laughs) If you've heard yourself saying, you know, I'll be happy when, well, my friend, the time is now. Time to step out of the busyness of your life and time to step into the business of happiness. Hello, and welcome to the Business of Happiness podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Taryn McCarthy, and today's going to be a great day. Every day has that possibility. We know this. (laughs) And when we approach the day from that perspective, guess what? Every day becomes great. That's it. That's it. It's the premise for belief. Believe it, and then you'll see it. And when you believe every day has a possibility of being great, That's what happens, my friends, every day is. You know, I was thinking about this a lot this weekend. I um, was thinking about what it takes to shift your focus, to change a habit pattern that is no longer serving you. What does it take to make a massive change in your life, one that you know needs to happen, And maybe just time after time after time, it doesn't happen, doesn't happen. What does it take? Do you need to hit rock bottom? Do you need to have a drastic, dramatic event in your life to suddenly put things in perspective for you? And, you know, I just don't believe you do. I I was speaking this weekend at the uh, Northeast Society of Orthodontists convention up in Montreal such an honor. First of all, I just want to boast a little bit here. I had the honor of being on stage to share, of course, the importance of happiness and that when you feel good, you can do good. Yes, that's my message. And I will speak it on any stage I can to try to uplift and inspire each one of you and my incredible dental and medical colleagues so that they can do even greater in this world. And receive that fulfillment and happiness for themselves. And here's the boasting part. I got to speak on stage with my husband. How cool is that? Uh, Yes, we were not talking about happiness. We were talking about a protocol in orthodontics. My husband, for those of you who don't know, is an oral surgeon. And um, he and I have worked together for really almost 20 years. And so we shared a protocol that works for us for... um, expansion, skeletal expansion of the maxillary arch. And we got to do it on stage together. I mean, that was the magical part is that we got to stand on stage and present this protocol on stage. 
I was honored. It was so fun to share the stage with him. It was witty and humorous and it was everything. It was just so fun to have had that experience. And I digress because at during this conference, the part that really impacted me was I had just presented about the importance of listening to your body, of listening to your emotions, of paying attention to when you're in a stress state, of paying attention to the fact that we cannot be creative, expansive, even happy when we're in a state of stress. And when we live perpetually in this chronic stress state, we are limiting ourselves and our potential and our potential for happiness, greater success, financial abundance, relationship abundance. When we're perpetually living in a state of survival, we cannot thrive. And after I presented this beautiful presentation and gave the audience some phenomenal tools on how to support them in de-stressing in this potentially stressful environment of medicine and dentistry, I had so many people come up to me afterwards and share their stories. And here's what I want to reflect to you about their stories. I had numerous people share with me their recent cancer diagnosis and how suddenly their lives were put into perspective. Not one, not two, maybe seven people at the conference literally came up to me and said, I've been recently diagnosed with cancer. Some of them not scary cancer and some of them terminal. And how this recent diagnosis had put things into perspective and made them really reevaluate their actions, reevaluate their habit patterns, reevaluate the amount of stress they were willing to tolerate in their lives and where their focus and attention was. And how now they're beginning to understand how important it is to put themselves first. And I'm talking men as well as women, men who have been self-sacrificing for decades. And I also spoke with a gentleman who said he has been experiencing a whisper, an inner whisper himself over some time now that he really needs to slow down. And I think what he meant was in his practice, in his amount of hours that he's putting in work, in the amount of mental brain power that he's expending on his work and really putting his attention onto things that he values so much more than his work. And he said, you know, I've had this feeling for some time now, but I just can't seem to slow down. I just can't seem to not continually burn the candle at both ends and keep pushing myself. It's been decades. I said to him, what's it going to take? What do you think it's going to take? And he said, cancer. He said, I think it's going to take cancer. I think I would need a diagnosis of cancer in order to tell myself to slow down. And as he said that, I could see a moment of awareness in his eyes. I'm not even sure that he knew what he was going to say. He then went on to tell me about his father, where he had seen this pattern repeated in his father, that his father worked so hard and sacrificed of himself so much. 
And it wasn't until he had his cancer diagnosis, his father did, that he slowed down. And that when he got better, he amped himself back up again to that same unreasonable workload. And then he had a second diagnosis. And then he actually slowed down again. He actually told me that his father had a third diagnosis before he really listened. And I wonder, what does it take? What does it take in each of us to give us the impetus for change, even when our actions are hurting us? especially when our actions are hurting us, when we seem to be performing the same deleterious, habitual action over and over and over again. And it is evidencing for us everywhere that it is hurting us or hurting the people around us, at the very least hurting our own fulfillment and happiness. What does it take to make that change? That seems so obvious from the outside. And I just don't think it has to take cancer. I don't think it has to take a death. I don't think it has to take a tragedy in your life to put things in perspective. I think we're so much more powerful than we give ourselves credit for. That we can actually have awareness of what is happening in our bodies and in our lives and see the consequences of our behavior. But what it does take is slowing down. And sometimes our bodies force us to slow down. Sometimes a funeral forces you to slow down. Sometimes a, you know, urgent conversation from a loved one forces you to slow down. But it's not the tragedy that creates the awareness and the perspective. It's the slowing down part. And sometimes that's the hardest thing. We can get this perspective when we do slow down, but if we don't ever allow ourselves to do so, we never pay attention. We become so myopic in what's right in front of us, in the email that's right in front of us, in the bills that are right in front of us, in the calendar in front of us, in the to-dos right in front of us, that we don't give ourselves a moment to pull back and take a breath. And really, Sometimes that's all we need is a breath. When we're in this place of stress and anxiety and overwhelm, it is impossible to gain perspective. It really is. It's impossible to gain perspective unless perspective is thrust upon you. That's when it takes a moment of tragedy or burn down or burning yourself down to the ground, the rock bottom that people talk about, when there's no option but to see another way. But I don't think it's absolutely imperative. We can do it at any point, but it does require stopping and stepping outside of your regular patterns and being very insistent on being uncomfortable with being by yourself in the quiet, without your cell phone. For me, what really helps is journaling. For some reason, when I put pen on paper, I can unleash something in me that if I'm just sitting there thinking about it, spins inside my head. 
it's almost like putting it down on paper allows you to clarify your thoughts, to be more specific in your thoughts, to tease them out and make words of them. What's so interesting is there's a reason why it's difficult to explain how you feel. It's a different part of your brain, actually, than the part that is responsible for language. Our forebrain is responsible for our language and for our thoughts and, to our, and for our intellectual capacity. But your emotions live in your limbic brain. And your emotions live in your limbic brain means that when I ask you, how do you feel about it? Unless you're practiced at that conversation between those two parts of your brain, it's sometimes difficult to say. You can't put it into words. Remember that phrase? I just, I can't put it into words. And so what do we do? We try to reach for metaphors in our forebrain. We look for, well, it feels like this. It looks like this. Let me tell you a story. We start, we go to stories. But even that is valuable because it gives us deeper insight into the emotion underneath. And it's the emotion underneath that holds the super secret insight. It's the emotion underneath that allows us to see the truth. And when we can tap into that emotion is when we can have perspective shift because it's emotion that hits you in the rock bottom. It's emotion that hits you in tragedy. It's getting in touch with your emotions and we can do that any single day. It doesn't have to take tragedy to bring your emotions to the forefront. But giving yourself an opportunity to be in touch with your emotions. And, and what does that look like? It means looking, it looks like crying when you're sad. Giving yourself that opportunity. Getting angry when you're mad. Giving yourself the opportunity to process those emotions. That's what it looks like to be in touch with your emotions. Allow yourself to be frustrated by a situation. Allow yourself to want something bigger, to not keep telling yourself, who am I to want more? Who am I to not be fulfilled? When you're not fulfilled, feel the unfulfillment of it. Allow yourself to feel and experience that and not just pretend that it's not happening or wish it away or think that it'll change the next day. Our emotions are meant to be felt. Our emotions are energy in motion. And it shouldn't have to take a tragedy to give us new perspective. But paying attention to the emotions gives us permission to do so. Because the moment we recognize the emotion underneath it, that's the moment that we can start to ask ourselves a new story. What would it look like? What is the opposite of that look like? What am I striving for? Right now, I'm feeling overwhelmed, exhausted. Allow yourself to feel overwhelmed and exhausted. And then choose again. What needs to happen? If this feels so uncomfortable, what needs to happen to feel ease, rest, lightness? And then give yourself permission to follow through on that. You know, this weekend, it just hit me so deeply how many people are suffering and how many people are pretending that it's okay or telling themselves that this is the way it has to be or it should be, that this is the way medicine and dentistry just is. 
I spoke to an incredible woman who's started her own business a year and a half ago. And one of the younger attendees was asking her, you know, how many days a week do you work? She said, oh, <laughs> seven, seven. I mean, I only see patients four days a week, but I am working every single day of the week. And that's what you got to do when you're start. Really? At what point are we willing to make a change and to not tolerate that any longer? Here's the truth. There's great possibility. And I want to leave you with a note of enormous optimism that you really are so powerful. You really can make a shift without having to hurt, without having to be brought to the bottom. You really don't need to hit rock bottom to make a change. There's so much possibility for having new perspective. Let's get excited about that possibility. Let's get excited. And I think that we can elevate our emotions that way. So it doesn't just have to be getting in touch with the really uncomfortable emotions. It means we can also get really excited about and passionate about new things. And that's how people make change and impact when they feel that passion, when they feel the why. You know, Simon Sinek said, get in touch with your why. Your why tucks into your emotions. So we can bring it way up there too, but there has to be permission to do so. You have to give yourself permission to get really excited and passionate about something. And then we can create, create great perspective too. Because when we get passion, impassioned about something, now it fuels us to make change. We get drawn towards something instead of running away from something. And to me, that's even more powerful and exciting. So what is it you're passionate about? What do you love doing? And if right now you're hearing this and you're thinking, I don't know, I'm just too tired. My friend, hear what you're saying and get some rest. If accessing what you're passionate about, what drives you, what you love in this life feels so hard to do, I'm almost 100% willing to bet that you're exhausted. And that when you give yourself permission for rest and don't judge it, you'll be able to access it again. You are so much more powerful than you think. You're so much more capable than you think, than you give yourself credit for. You are so worthy of the life of your dreams. And you do deserve to serve others and take care of yourself at the same time. This beautiful profession that we have in healthcare, in medicine and in dentistry, does not require you to self-sacrifice. It does not require you to sacrifice relationships and love and joy and the, the feeling of living. It does not. And what will it take for you to have the new perspective? I just would love you to, to answer that question. What's it going to take? And is it possible for you to do so without the torment of pain and suffering? But is it possible to access it from enormous passion and joy and possibility and curiosity? What I know for sure is when you're not feeling great, when you're feeling terrible, you just cannot be your best. I mean, that's for sure. 
What I know is that people who are in pain hurt people. They might not mean to, but they do. They negatively impact the people in the world around them. And what I do know is when you feel really good, that's when you can do good. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Business of Happiness podcast. When you prioritize your own happiness and healing, you can be better for everyone else. If this episode resonated with you, be sure to share it with a colleague and elevate their day. And if you'd like more insight and support, join me in our private Facebook group, The Business of Happiness Hive. And until next time, remember, when you feel good, that's when you can do good. Bye-bye.